Hello, dear listener. Thank you for downloading, streaming, listening to the Spooky Doings podcast. My name is Rick Guzman. I'm an improviser from New York who's suffering from insomnia. And uh, I never lied to my audience. So due to technical error, this is actually our second take on this episode. Because I don't know what the fuck happened. Uh, so we're going to start it over from the top. And I'm very happy to uh, start this over with our guest who's back again today. Ari Spence is back on the show as the guest host, talking about a movie that she's obsessed with. Uh, how are you, Ari? <laughs> obsessed in a passionate way, not in a like get this girl, get this chick on a list kind of way. <laughs> yes, not in a ooh that motherfucker, not in a Mark David Chapman kind of way. There we go. <laughs> not not in a John Hinckley Jr. kind of way. She's not watching Terrifier two multiple times on Screenbox in the hopes that. The, the total amount would impress Jodie Foster. That's not what she's looking <laughs> for here. No. Assassins by Stephen Sondheim plays in the background. Oh, yeah. So you're taking it into the theater realm of which I'm very ignorant. Uh, so it's a great it's a great show. Definitely recommend it if you ever have the opportunity. But we're not here to talk about. It. I mean, I'll gladly nerd off off mic about. Yeah, we're going to do that <laughs> if you want to take me to like theater school. Because I've seen, I've seen uh, Avenue Q. I liked it in it. I saw uh, the American Psycho musical. I didn't like it in it. Uh, I saw Silence. Huh? Yeah. I saw Silence of the Lambs, the musical. I like it in it. And I watched uh, Hamilton on Mouse Plus, and I like it in it. And, and that's my experience with musical theater. We have to introduce you to Evil Dead the Musical because it is phenomenal. All right. It is a gift to this world. Not just the musical world, but to everybody. They didn't I, have to go that hard, but they did for us. I had an opportunity to see it, and I, and I didn't see it because I didn't think I would like it either. Oh. Uh, yeah, that was a mistake. <laughs> that was kind of... <laughs> That that was kind of like the time I was offered to go see Hamilton in previews, and I said, "Eh, I don't know. That sounds like it could be kind of stupid. I'd rather work." Well, another uh, name for this podcast could be Ricky Talk about it. <laughs> but today we're we're right. <laughs> we are right because even though I only slept for about forty five minutes, starting at seven a.m., and I woke up. And I made breakfast, and then I thought, let me watch Piranha, because um, Dick Miller was an American treasure, and he might make me feel better. And he did, and I got a little bit more sleep during Piranha, while the Piranhas were eating all the people going, nom, 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 So I'm a little bit more rested. To talk about Terrifier 2 with, with, with my good friend, and dare I call her super fan, uh, Ari. <laughs> Hey, I, I'm okay with the title super fan. It's because, you know what, I, I have massive amounts of respect for the cast and the crew. That's really what it is. That's I that's where my, you know, super fandom obsession comes from. It's like looking at all the pieces that make it, and I'm like, wow, that is satisfying to see unfold. Because, mm -hmm. you know, a movie like this, you ain't going to get some big studios to pony up the dough uh, when you tell them, excuse me, you want to do what to who and where? Um, <laughs> so you got to respect Damien Leon for, for crowdsourcing. I kicked him a few dollars. I got my T-shirt already. My DVD will show up someday. Uh, a pandemic derailed all these motherfuckers. Uh, I got to give thanks to David Howard Thornton for being our first guest way, way back when we started this podcast. He's a wonderful dude. Uh, I reached out to him and others uh, to try to get them onto this episode. And I get it. Their movie done blew up. They're busy as fuck. Not taking it personal. They had, and uh, I'm, I'm going to point out, uh, Terrifier 2 is the, my big 
that Greek wedding of horror movies in the fact that you got a low budget thing, went into the theaters, people enjoyed the shit out of it, they told their friends, and the theaters just kept re-upping and letting it go and letting it go and keeping it in there. And, you know, the, the audience got bigger and the, the hype surrounded it. And hopefully they made a lot of money um, from this movie because they made at least 10 times their fucking budget on this movie. So I'm, I'm hoping that y'all got paid. Uh, if I ever see David again and he just want all, I, all I'm asking is a Pepsi. Just one Pepsi. <laughs> if you're going to share your wealth, that ain't too much to ask, I don't think. I didn't sleep a lot. Moving on. <laughs> I'm just like, is that a new slogan for Pepsi? It's like, why share your wealth when you can share a Pepsi? <laughs> oh, no, I think I've traversed into marketing and I've never wanted to do that. <laughs> no, I, I kind of I, I reference it like the suicidal tendencies lyric from Institutionalized. Like, all I wanted was a Pepsi. Just one Pepsi. And I figure if you hit up a rich person that you know, and you're not like, hey, help me help me start this restaurant or other business endeavor that's doomed to fail. It's like, oh, uh, you got a couple million in your account? Just buy me a Pepsi. We cool. Can is fine. I the can tastes better. I, I can is superior to 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 the bottled stuff. Just an opinion. It does it does make a difference. It's all good. It's all good. So and uh I'm always curious. Um, so when did you first uh, come across the Terrifier in your life and begin uh, to enjoy it uh, as much as you do? Um, I was just kind of scrolling through probably Tubi, looking for something to put on that didn't require much brain power that was also new at the same time. And I see Terrifier 1, and I look at Art the Clown, and I'm just like, "Oh, that's gonna, that's gonna be a horrible movie play." Um, and I was shocked, frankly, because I, someone who is not a fan of gore, I'm not like, you know, House of a Thousand Corpses. Like, I'm not. That's not my usual area of horror. I was just morbidly fascinated by the way he was able to take this character have him do horrible things that you just wanted to sit there and go well, what are you gonna do next because that was horrible and creative like it's you almost want to unravel him a little bit more that's really what's got me hooked on terrifiers just the ability to sit there and you know work with the characters a little bit because overall, the you know the two movies so far, or I should say, how like the um, where are the other two movies that he's in? It's All Hallows Eve. I know there's All Hallows Eve, which is kind of like an anthology done by Damon Leon, where you first meet Art as part of the last story. Um. Well, it, either which way, Terrifier one and, and, and Terrifier and as a short which came out in 2011, and it's just 20 minutes long. Yeah. As opposed to Terrifier 2, which came in at a whopping two hours and 18 minutes. Which also, it didn't, it doesn't feel that long, though. It does I, not. It does. It does. There's, it, a, lot of, there's a lot of action. <laughs> it feels, I'd say, as long as it is which is fine for a long movie because there are great long movies that don't feel anywhere near that long because you're so into it. And then there are short movies that feel so much longer because you hate them. Um, so having this movie feel as long as it is, I'm going to chalk it up to uh, it's not being cut to get an R rating. Uh, we're used to it as horror fans when when the impact is happening, when the kills are happening, there's that cut to something else. So hopefully the MPAA, who I'm not a fan of, uh, gives it an R rating and maybe you'll get the unrated on a DVD later. Um, this You're sticking with it. So even though you know uh, you're smashing up like a, a, a rubber corpse covered in fake 
blood. The fact that it doesn't cut away does more to your brain, I think, uh, and and makes you feel a little squeamish. I also think it's like the insinuation, like even though you know it's fake, the inherent empathy that most people have, I hope, is kind of like, wow, even though like you're so like in that weird realm between suspension of reality and knowing it's not real, but you see like the insinuation of someone smashing something with like a mallet or, you know, a like a saw or whatever, it's just like, ooh, that would hurt a lot. <laughs> Because yeah. you're watching it happen in a non-real sense, but it's really happening just to not just to something that's not real. So your brain kind of breaks and goes. Pretty much, pretty much. And speaking of the brain breaking, um, I like that this movie picks up uh, right where the first one left off, with Art having a gigantic gaping hole in the back of his coconut. <laughs> after he put a bullet through it in the previous film, and he's waking up in the morgue. He's got to replace one of the eyeballs in his head uh, and close up the wound in the back of his head, and then, you know, do what all folks do, I guess, when when you find yourself uh, alive after being, you know, kind of dead. You go to the laundromat, clean all the blood and doo-doo and goo-goo muck off of your outfit, and, and that's where we see uh, Art's booty. Pretty good ass. Gotta say that. <laughs> are, are you going for the clown butt? I'm not going for it. I just appreciate the... Appreciate I, 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 the clown butt. I just appreciate the human form. Um, <laughs> or the inhuman form. I don't know. I didn't sleep much. <laughs> <laughs> but at, while, while reading the paper, and, and pantomiming wonderfully. Art looks over, and there we see one of the creepiest sights uh, I've seen in recent history. Uh, we see the pale girl. And the little pale girl is played by Amelie McLean. And she looks like a little girl version of Art the Clown. It's like, well, what the fuck is, is happening here? Is this real? And then she just starts shitting. Just starts shitting right on the floor. <laughs> And my reaction is, Damien Leon, you're nasty. You're nasty. There, what did you think a of theme it? of shit throughout yes. Terrifier. There, there's... Freud would have a field day unpacking that. Um... <laughs> what did you think of the little pair girl? I thought she was terrifying. Because, I mean... No pun intended. The best tropes in horror are... You know, creepy dolls and creepy kids and then creepy clowns. And she's kind of got all three vibes going on real hardcore. Um, I also appreciated that you didn't know whether or not she's real or art is delving deeper into psychosis. Um, so what I also was interested by was in the theatrical version, which I'm kind of sad they didn't include on the streaming services. Um, was a fake there, there, trailer. Hmm? There's a difference? Yeah, so um, did they show this in your theater? It was like this fake-out trailer right before Terrifier 2 started. It was about, like, it, it showed no title for a movie, right? Like, no nothing. There's no information about this film. But the whole concept of this trailer, and I use quotes around that, is that nobody knows what's real. They're questioning reality. What's going on? And then it's like this big like da -da 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 moment and then cuts to black. Boom. There's Art the Clown walking in a morgue. I don't recall that happening in my theater. And that would I, I was just like, what is going on? What is this part of the movie? Like is I had no way I was questioning everything. I was like that I leaned over to the people that went with me and I was like, that happened, right? And they're like, yeah. And then Lil Pale Girl shows up and you have another opportunity to be like, is she real? Is any of this real? What is happening? Am I hallucinating this movie right now? Like, it was just a massive mindfuck and it just started with the Lil Pale Girl. That is the... <laughs> yeah. And you can read that one in the paper. <laughs> sure. And, and, and then we, we, we jump uh, a year 
the following Halloween, and uh, and we meet our our uh, protagonist. We meet uh, Jonathan, played by Elliot Fulham, and his older sister Sienna, played by Lauren Levera. Uh, I get protective about Sienna right away because that's my name, and I'm like, "You leave her alone, clown man." I know you're a nice boy from Alabama, but you know, still. And and, and they <laughs> yeah, and they've got uh, they've they've got some issues. Their mom is is uh, a single widow, uh, trying to work it out, working remotely. Uh, but her kids, like all offspring, are pains in the balls. And. <laughs> And and Jonathan wants to dress up like Art for Halloween, and they're judging him because why would you want to dress up like an actual fucking killer? That's weird. Uh, and and Sienna is trying to put together this outfit that's reminiscent of uh, Angela from the Spawn comics, created by uh, Neil Gaiman and Todd McFarlane, or at least that's the way it looks to me. Um. And, and so, what did you think of uh, these characters upon Sienna? So I really love Sienna as a protagonist, um, really harkens back to that, you know, 1980s slasher, you know, badass chick protagonist vibes. Stuff going on, you know, you have her family life, she's trying to do the school thing and also kill a killer clown. Um, and you just want to get to know her story more and see not only how it progresses, but how the how her history, particularly her family history, is impacting this battle with Art the Clown that's going on. And, and, and I did dig that. One of the other aspects I dig is that unlike a lot of horror sequels, you're not being given a lot of answers. Uh, I, I got a quote, Billy Loomis, that uh, it's it's scarier when you don't know the motives. And in other sequels, you're finding out why Freddy's doing what he's doing, why Jigsaw is the way he is, why fucking uh, Michael Myers is the way he is. And you're telling us nothing about art and why he can survive all of this. He's just damn near a force of nature. Uh, going on and continuing his fucking mayhem. And that's what makes it uncomfortable to me, is that you're kind of subverting the rules that we're used to at this point. So, like, there are parts of the movie where, like, you see art, but I'm like, is that is that really happening? Is it a dream? Is it a vision? Is it really there? And that occurs pretty early in the scariest moment for me. The dream that, that Sienna has about the clown cafe. I'm not going to do it. I'm not going to sing it. Thank you for not singing that song. Because that's my fucking nightmare. We got a, kind of a children's show set with grown-ass adults dressed like kids. And, and they're singing a song about the clown cafe, which will get stuck in your head when you watch the movie. It's a great earworm. It is. Just casually, like, go grocery shopping, being like, you know. I know you want to sing it. You can't. I do real bad. I can't stop you, but have you gone grocery shopping while singing the Clown Cafe song? I mean, not out loud. But but humming to yourself. I mean, yeah, because it gets stuck in your head. Mm. I'll admit that. I know there ain't no shame in that. Like it's it's an earworm. It's like it's a small world after all, but for killer clowns. You know, I'll give it. I'll give it to this one. I, I I'll I'll take the clown cafe over. It's a small world, personally. Or um, that other song that was in Tim Burton's Charlie and the Chocolate Factory, where it's like Willy Wonka, Willy Wonka, me me that that thing. I didn't see that one. Oh, that that's another song that we get. That's like yeah, it's a small world. That song and then Clown Cafe. And that's just literally grounds to have, you know, Geneva Convention take a crackdown on you because it's a torture method. Am I the only one that listens to podcasts while shopping or Prince's Black Album? Nobody knows. Anyway. <laughs> so, yeah, there, there's Sienna, also like a little kid. 
and here comes Art giving some weird ass food, cereal with razor blades, and and weird things. And then, but Art's gonna Art, which means Art's gonna try to kill everybody in this fucking dream. And he's mostly successful. Because <laughs> what else are you gonna do? I mean, you could not do that. <laughs> For every option you have to do something, you have the counter option of not doing it. Yeah, but that wouldn't be much of a movie. That's not what we paid for. Film, yes. <laughs> Art, Art Redemption Arc is in the clown cafe and he's like, I shouldn't murder all these people. That's not nice. I know you want to murder. Don't murder. Everybody murders. But yeah, that, that part's a, a, a dream. But then later on, when Jonathan's at school, and like many gross teenage boys, uh, upon finding a dead possum in the schoolyard, they're like poking it with sticks and showing it to the cute girl. Why? Why is my gender dumb? I realize this is not up to you to solve. I mean, there are many occasions throughout my life that I've asked that same question and have received no answers or sometimes things that are worse than answers. Um. <laughs> but a lovely, a lovely little appearance by Felissa Rose of uh, Sleepaway Camp fan. Uh, we love her. And then, yeah, uh, Jonathan asked to use the restroom. There he finds Art and a little pale girl playing with the dead possum in the hallway, mashing its guts around. And you wonder... Is that real? And then later when the faculty finds the dead possum and uh, Jonathan gets reprimanded for it, you're like, oh, that is partly real. So we're not given the explanation as to why these siblings are connected with Art, even though Jonathan knows stuff. His late father who committed suicide has drawings of this costume and the character it pertains to that Sienna's creating. Um, it, 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 it's, it's not explained. We just kind of take it as fact. We're along for the ride, not in control of any of it. And, and that's what makes it uh, make, what makes me feel in the audience is a little bit uneasy. There's so many unanswered questions, but I also don't want those questions answered because once you find out you're locked in and that's not as much fun. It's true. One theory that I heard is that the that Art the Clown, like the terrifier, is actually a curse. And that see that the father got the curse of the terrifier, commits suicide, and then becomes Art the Clown. And then that's why the little pale girl is connected to the girl that was murdered in the carnival. Because it's kind of like uh like a death curse thing that turns you into this like demonic entity. And that's why he's has an inhuman ability to recover from things like, you know, blowing his brains out, um, changing out eyeballs and like all this other icky stuff. I don't want to subscribe to that theory. I prefer to just think all clowns are evil and they can all do this shit. Like, I'm just, like, imagining, like, an anti-clown campaign now. Mm -hmm. And it's, like, a weird alternate universe where, like, clowns have to, like, fight for, like, the ability to be clowns. They're like, clowns are just as good as everyone else. And it's... <laughs> I... No, you ain't. Y'all are creepy. Why don't you go move <laughs> up? Go move up to the mountains and stop bothering people. He's like, he's like, with all due respect, you are actually horrific, and I have no problem saying that to your face. That is correct. Okay. I've been, I've been scared of clowns for a long motherfucking time. <laughs> and that's not changing today. Nope. Again, even having met uh, David Howard Thornton way back in one of the first uh, episodes of this podcast, uh, he's a lovely Alabama gentleman. Uh, but seeing him without the makeup, I'm all for that. Hang with you anytime. You put that makeup on, I'm going to run. 
and not be where you are at. Because I don't want to see that uh, nasty. Anyway. And, and I can confirm, as someone who has done costume clown makeup, you do not appreciate the anyone being a clown in your nope. vicinity. Nope. <laughs> There's a no clown zone? Nope. <laughs> I don't normally quote uh, noted racist politician George Wallace, but when it comes to clowns and clowns <laughs> only, I will say segregation today, segregation tomorrow, segregation forever. Jesus. <laughs> and that's where I tap out. <laughs> Just like... <laughs> Only in regards to clown. Moving on. Here's the thing, too. That's the other thing that um, fascinates me about Art the Clown is I'm also terrified of clowns. Or I was terrified of clowns, I should say. And then I put on clown makeup to overcome my fear. And then I did a little bit. And then I discovered Art the Clown. And I was like, wow, he's horrifying. And then I'm like, all right, clowns are cool. And that's my story about my, my clown journey. Um <laughs> you are a braver lady woman than I. Well, that's, I, I just handle fears by being like, why be afraid of it if you can become it? So that's how I got over dolls, got over clowns. I'm not going to attempt it with demons. I'm going to stay afraid of demons. I'm okay with that. That's a fear yeah. I'll keep. That's okay. a healthy fear. Okay. <laughs> that's self-preservation. <laughs> Whereas being a former Catholic, I can deal with demons. No problem. I know See, how to But that's the thing. It's my former Catholic self that keeps me afraid of demons. And also, uh, knowledge about the Warren um, investigation. <laughs> and I'm just like, uh-uh. <laughs> Rule number one, no demons. All right, so we may have you back for the next Conjuring uh, episode. Anyway. <laughs> we move along in the movie. Uh, and With Halloween festivities are coming. Sienna's looking to get some more accoutrements for her parties. And she goes to a Halloween store, and we get to my favorite scene in this fucking movie. That definitely was. That, that could not have been scripted. That just screams that they, they just took David, plonked him down in the scene, and said, and go. Like, I, 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 think, I think some of it is like, okay, stay in here, look creepy, bring her her bag that she forgot downstairs. I think well, that, that part, yeah. I think that's scripted. But the part with the sunglasses that I love, uh, and if you want to go back and, and listen to our episode with him, we talk about improv and how in his audition he pantomimed uh, uh, killing someone, eating their flesh, and then adding salt to it, which was not... He was given very little direction. You can see that video of his audition online, and we talked about how essential improv is to this character. So yeah, I think it's just like on the day, it's like, hey Dave, uh, your mark's over there. Go do some stuff. And he started trying on these glasses. And it's fucking hilarious. Because the one thing we know about Ark, even though uh, there, there's no dialogue to support it, Ark's having a good time with life. <laughs> Art is having a blast. His we silent, love when Art's happy. <laughs> his silent laugh is so creepy. But he... As the kids say, he is living his best life. Did I do that right? Yes. Okay. He is having a wonderful time. Like, Paul McCartney ain't got shit on him when he's uh, <laughs> compared to our clown. And he's trying on these glasses and, and scaring the shit out of Sienna and uh, the guy that works at the costume store. He ain't having none of that. He just wants to close up and go home. But my favorite is the one with the googly slinky eyes. Of the, yep. Shaking them around and having a good time with that. I love it. And, and then you have the, um, what is it, like the party, the... Like, what's that thing called? The, uh, like the weird kazoo with like paper yeah, roll at uh, the end of it. And he's like, sir, if you're going to put that in your mouth, you got to pay for it. He's just like, up. You're like, damn, dude. <laughs> Comedy and horror do go hand in hand. Because <laughs> I was cracking up at that. 
Like, I don't know if I was just breaking from all the torture scenes or if it was just funny. You need that, you need that levity to calm you down after and before the rest of the gnarly shit you're going to say. It's true. There was um, a lot of gnarly shit. And Tiana leaves after making her purchases. And now it's time for the clerk to get got. And oh, he does. Uh, again, nasty. And that, that scene is really a testament, too, to the work that David has put into developing the character. Because at one point, as he's, you know, stabbing him or, you know, hitting him in the face with the mallet or whatever it is, um, he just looks up at the camera, like, through his eyebrows and has this look of, this shit's going to have nuts in it. And then, wham, like, you know, brains everywhere. So you can just see how much studying into pantomiming and like silent film that David has done because he's able to communicate to you with zero words at all. And you can almost read his mind because of how expressive he is in that horrific makeup. Like, ugh, I hate the makeup. <laughs> I do. And by hate, you mean love. By hate, I mean love because also it's like, not only is it a creepy clown, it's not a well done clown. Like that's a very basic like mime clown thing so it's just like the artistic part of me who kind of like likes the color of clown like the colorfulness of clowns looks at that and i'm just like ugh and like he's got that weird like little nose thing going on like the little dot thing that just i don't know that bothers me and i can't look away i think that's the point <laughs> and, and you gotta love at the climax of that scene this, this mom and her son are trying to go to the costume store and it's not locked up an artist put himself with an actual severed head into the other clown display, and he shifts just a little uh, to so, to let the kid know, yeah, I'm alive, and this is real. And the kid's the only one to catch up on it. And then we move on to more uh, shenanigans. Um, we get Art going to one of Sienna's friends, Bus into her house, and she notices that he's in here. So, from my personal experience, when you hear a noise in your house, don't ever investigate it. Leave it alone. Because <laughs> when you find out what it is, that's how the story continues. Just go to sleep. <laughs> no, I, I've I've told this story uh, a couple of times. Definitely in Spooky Doings rehearsals. I've never told it on the podcast. Uh, years ago, my lady and I were coming home uh, from the city. We're walking from the train station. It's winter. It's near Christmas. There's nobody on the street. Get to the front door. Turn the lock. Come in the house. Close the door. Turn the lock. And suddenly we hear Christmas carolers. There was nobody out there in any direction. But very suddenly, we hear multiple people singing in close proximity to the house. And she asked me, do you hear that? And I say, yeah. She says, are you going to check who that is? And I say, no. <laughs> <laughs> I've watched enough horror movies. If I look out the window, whoever it is sees me seeing them, and then they try to get in the house. We're going to go upstairs and watch TV. And we did, and that's why we're alive right now. <laughs> there are rules. <laughs> Speaking of those rules, uh, that, that next kill, where Art goes to a young lady's house with his bag of... Let's talk about the trash bag. <laughs> the bag of debauchery. <laughs> it's... It's like the brief. It's it's like Marcellus Wallace's briefcase in Pulp Fiction. <laughs> Anything could be in that motherfucking bag. We get to see what's on the top layer of the bag, which mm -hmm. is um, septic needles, rusty knives, nails, um, a chair lay or a table leg with nails through it, um, a sawzall. But anything could be in there. Like the the potential is to dig you know deep what? enough. I bet underneath there, there's a really cute plushy unicorn. I was thinking Julio Iglesias 8-track, but what do I know? 
But yeah, he's hanging out the bag. The lady, like a lot of ladies, doesn't want to give candy to an adult. Uh, and I wonder if she just did, would that have saved her from having, in my opinion, the most gruesome kill in the fucking movie? That's what I wonder, too. Because if you also think back to Terrifier 1, um, what's her face? The chick that he gave the ring to? Yes. In, in relativity to all the other kills he did, he took it relatively easy on him. Yeah. He tried to be very straightforward about it. I mean, sure, he kind of played with his, you know, prey a little bit by showing her best friend get tortured and sawed in half. But relative to, you know, getting sawed in half while you're alive, he took it easy on her. So I'm wondering if because she shunned him and not only refused to give him candy, but also made a spectacle out of it, if that's why he really went hard. And by went hard means busted in the house goes with a scalpel down her face and and it, 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 I have an eye thing so the fact that you see that he's bisected the eyeball exactly <laughs> and breaks her fucking arm off scalps her with a pair of very tiny scissors yep slashes the shit out of her and then he goes full death oh and tears on um, um he takes the fingers and then tears her arm down oh with... yeah just like splits her hand in two her other hand in two and then goes full death match and by full death match i mean i've seen this in some clips of death match wrestling i used to like hardcore wrestling back in the day before i knew what uh cte was <laughs> but there's still a, a subsect of like it's, it's like the hardcore music of pro wrestling where people throw themselves into fluorescent light bulbs and then i've seen somewhere like you take out liquid in a bleach bottle i don't think it's really bleach i hope it's not really bleach or a white powder and rub it into the wound i don't know if they're actually using salt but i've seen that done and art does this so art clearly is a deathmatch wrestling fan and we'll touch back on that later with the mid credit scene and it's like, it, it, you just feel like, oh, you, you, you're, you're cranking this up to levels that I was not prepared for. Yep. Rips half her face off. Ugh. So what, what, what did you think of that? <laughs> I thought it was gruesome, horrific, and the prosthetics and effects were very well done. Mm -hmm. Um, I gotta say, watching that scene on an OLED TV, so seeing everything in true color, perfect blacks, like everything like that, um, you really get a better respect for um, the work that Damien did on those prosthetics and those effects. And you also sit there going, wow, you can tell you had a quarantine to work on this because he, you know, left no stone unturned. And especially too when, um, the mother comes in and she's sitting up in the bed and then like half her face is off and it's just, like drops goes mom like oh that is ugh. so fucking the fact that she, she's gone through more physical trauma than anybody probably should but is still alive that's the thing i wonder if like i'm like in real part of me is like in real life nobody would be able to not be in shock at that point i feel like at that point you were you are you are gone. Like you're done. Your body's just like it. It just leaves. It, but because Art the Clown does not. That's also what I wonder too. If people are able to last a little bit longer in this universe because Art actually isn't a human, so he can kind of keep them alive a little bit longer to play with them more. Maybe he, but you know, he's playing. He's having a good time. He's 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 rocking to his own thing. I had this like weirdly profound moment last night. I was talking um, about this podcast to one of my friends, and I'm like, "Yeah, I'm gonna talk about Art the Clown. I don't know. Art kind of reflects life in that you never know what's gonna do, what's gonna happen, or how it's gonna fuck you." <laughs> and he turns to me and goes, "Did you just get to the heart of the Terrifier movies?" Yes. <laughs> And just want to let that. Art life. It's going to fuck with you. It's going to have fun doing it. And you don't know how it's going to do it. And I just want to let uh, Fuzz on the Lens Productions know 
that we are available to work on the next movie. Um, I've, I've done set dressing and props, and uh, and and Ari's been a PA, and you know, uh, just reach out. We're, we we can help you. We got yeah, this. You don't need our help, but we can we can help you. <laughs> you don't need it, but we want to. <laughs> we do. We so. So it continues. Uh, and yeah, after that, he kills the mom off camera. You don't see that. But then more kids come up for trick-or-treating, and he has their severed head hollowed out with candy in it. And he's giving these kids candy. And the little kid goes, why is this one sticky? And the mom goes, it's a fake blood deer. And the last one tries to take more than one piece. Art slaps his hand and just holds up one finger, like just one piece. You little fuck. And then snaps into such a smile. He's, again, there's a, a a joy to his life that I have not experienced. And I am. <laughs> I was going to say, I'm like, you might want to follow that up with something real quick. <laughs> like, that is not a period statement you want to make. The closest I've come is to when I'm in New Orleans eating good food and listening to great jazz, and I just love everybody. So there it's, you go. It's nowhere near as messy as a, a, a day in the life of Art the Clown. And I mean, that's the, why he has to go to the laundromat. I mean, the sidewalks of Bourbon Street are, but after the first trip, you know to stay the fuck off of Bourbon Street. Yep. It's all about harm reduction. <laughs> So there's conflict between Jonathan and his mom and Sienna goes off to a Halloween party uh, in her outfit, uh, which it is, is, is somewhat revealing because Halloween costumes for ladies must be sexy. Uh, she's out with her friend and, and, and mom's not having Jonathan's shit anymore. Slaps him in the face. He calls her a bitch. And he leaves the house. And Mom finds her car covered in shaving cream, and toilet paper, and smashed up pumpkins, and the word bitch written on the windshield. So naturally, she does what my parents have done when I was a child, and I'm sure many other parents out there have done. She blames the boy. Yeah, no one ever thinks to blame the, you know, crazy killer clown that's in the backseat of the car. And that's why she got got. And and that's how her face got blown off. She she goes to clean up her her automobile and gets both barrels right in the face. So when Jonathan gets home, it comes to the scene that you've talked about a lot, uh, and and you've obsessed on. So I'm gonna I'm gonna let you have this one. If you want to explain what happens it's, next, it's just like all the other ones. Like you sit there and you wonder, how did you come up with this? Um, so. Jonathan walks in and his mother is sitting at the dining room table um, with most of her face missing, um, causing a very large cavity in her head because Art met her with two barrels of a gun. Art comes out in lovely homemaker Betty Crocker style with a, you know, cutesy apron and a thing of mashed potatoes. And Jonathan's just like, ah! And Art puts the mashed potatoes down in front of Jonathan's mother takes a big heaping scoop and right into the face hole, right into her face cavity. He's like, oh, you're, you're missing a little something there. Let me fix that for you. And just smushes the instant potatoes right into her face hole. And that left me wondering, one, how did you think of that? Two, does this mean that art eventually goes to space? Because as we know, instant mashed potatoes are one of the things we have that is space food because it's dehydrated flaked potatoes that when you add water, it turns into something we like to call mashed potatoes, but it's actually similar to a cement glue. Since he is taking the space food cement glue and putting it in someone's face cavity, does that mean that he's going to use this method in space in the sequel? Mm. You got to get the space. You got to get the space. I mean, I didn't like Jason X, but it needed to be done. You mm. need to get on a rocket of some kind. I mean, let's be real here. I would totally wa imagine like a weird Mars Attacks Terrifier crossover 
where you know how in Mars Attacks the aliens come here and fuck shit up? What if Art the Clown goes to Mars and fucks shit up for, like, the Martians? Save that thought for the end. Save that thought for the end. <laughs> and for my eventual pitch piece to Damien. <laughs> sure. <laughs> Whereas Sienna, on the other hand, she's out partying, partying with her friend. Her friend gives her some, some, some molly, which uh, my elderly ass has been told that's ecstasy. Um, and, and they're feeling on the walls. And there's a guy that's looking to score. Uh, and then Sienna goes looking for her brother at the amusement park. Because he's been abducted by Art and the little pale gal. And the friend and uh, the guy there in the car, they're doing blow. I don't know why. And he decides, he decides, I need to go urinate outside. And you see written in the condensation of the driver's side window, just the tip. And then Art shows up, and he stabs that dick. Mm-hmm. But just the tip. I don't think you can ever stab just the tip. He, he started through the tip. Ari, never just the tip. Well, the tip is what got the Titanic. Did you just lawyer me? <laughs> I don't know actually <laughs> probably maybe sometimes it's inadvertent it just my my soul ascends to a different space and just boom lawyered sustained <laughs> <laughs> so we're coming towards it we're coming towards the showdown uh after our dispatches uh this uh dick boy and Sienna's other friend by uh, pouring acid in her face and then clubbing her with a table leg that has like nails and screws and blades in it. Uh, and again, I, I, I think the running time is because they're not cutting for that R rating. So we're seeing, we know it's a rubber cast getting beat up and covered in blood, but it, it, it the it's fact the that we're seeing it affects us deeper. It's like the theory. It's the insinuation. It's like, it, it it's that uncanny valley thing where you know it's not a human thing, but it looks like a human thing, so therefore it should be a human thing. Then Jonathan shows up, Sienna shows up, and it's on and popping. And uh, we, we get the beat down. And, and normally the conflict between the antagonist and the final girl in such slashers, isn't this physical. So I appreciate both of them getting as good as they give back and forth. It is like the, the, the lightning earlier. It is it is pro wrestling. You know, you're, you're getting your... Uh, the, the heel is getting their heat by throwing down and carving up uh, Jonathan and Sienna. Sienna's being a baby face trying to protect Jonathan from the blades and looking for an advantage. And and then she gets uh, very stabbed and plunged into the netherworld. Again, we don't have an explanation as to why there's this hole in the ground and why she falls into it, into a uh, Houdini-type underwater tank in the clown cafe. It Where, always comes back to the clown cafe. It always comes back to the clown cafe. I know you wanna, so you might as well. Drop on by the clown cafe. Drop on by the clown cafe. That's enough of that. <laughs> You're welcome for the nightmares. Yeah, it's gonna be stuck in my head for a while. Anyway, so she heals herself while upstairs Art is trying to wake an unconscious Jonathan, which I love because he seems kind of annoyed. Like, hey, hey, w w wake up. We're fighting. <laughs> like, I want to fight you. Wake up. <laughs> oh, you're not going to wake up? Fine. I'm going to eat parts of your body while you're still alive. There's a like lot a more rat. cannibalism from art in this movie between eating uh, the previous victim's heart and, and, and eating bits of Jonathan. And then... Uh, we get to the climax of the movie. 
Sienna is healed inexplicably. We don't need a reason. I, do, I don't need one. I don't want one. Yeah. I, I'm just, she's magic. I'm okay it, with that. It's, it's, it's something that I like in this movie, but it pissed me off about E.T. Yes. I'm comparing Terrifier to, to Steven Spielberg's E.T. The Extraterrestrial, where E.T. does stuff, and it's merely validated by Elliot going, it's working. It's You don't know that it's working. He's a child. He, <laughs> he doesn't know shit about fuck, but he's telling us it's working, so it must be working. But, yeah, so she's back. And it's on. She's got her big-ass sword that we've seen from earlier in the film. And I love to death that, like, Art's getting stabbed. He's got his throat cut. He's looking up at Sienna, and he just... He's breathing heavy. He casually nods, like, okay. And then snaps. Big smile, eyes wide. He sticks his neck out, and she fucking beheads his ass. And, you know, bravo... To both uh, David and and Lauren for that fucking scene, because that two acting legends. That is, I I want them to get an Oscar, both of them. I heard the film was submitted to the Academy for consideration. It, it was just because fuck you, I ain't gonna get it. But much like David, I feel that that Lauren Navarro became a horror icon in one fucking movie. The way that, you know, David did, the way that Jordan Peele did. It's like, but one and done. You are now horror royalty. And you may go off and do other things. And, you know, bravo, you should. But, you know, you're you're in the club now. I'm very interested to see um, the mean one. I want to go find a a showing of that. And that's the Grinch movie. Uh, that that David did correct, but Christmas is over, Ari. But but David Howard Thornton doesn't have to be the true holiday. David Howard Thornton day. I've been lawyered again. Um. So then we get uh, the credits roll, but you know I'm in the theater, so the lights don't go up. So I'm like, oh, there's something else. Out. And I'm I'm sure you had that reaction as well. I'm I'm a Marvel fan. I always wait for the <laughs> for the post credit because I knew somebody was in the movie that I hadn't seen yet, and I thought, did I miss it? And we go to a mental hospital where the faceless lady from the first film, uh, the the TV uh, the, the the victim at the end of it, um is there writing all sorts of obscenities on the wall with blood leaking from her nether regions. And we see uh, former AEW world champion Chris Jericho as a, I guess, orderly at this mental hospital. (laughs) And I'm a wrestling fan, and I know uh, Jericho is kind of champion this movie. Uh, he's had David on his podcast. His pain maker character in New Japan Pro Wrestling is called the Japanese Terrifier. So like he's 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 flying the 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 art flag significantly, and I appreciate that from him. But uh, uh, this character Vicky surprises all of us in another inexplicable thing. And 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 a, as a lady, how did you feel when? When you saw Vicky had given birth to Art's fucking severed head. Um. Well, okay. So here's the thing: childbirth already is like a horrifying Master. concept to me because I'm just like, wow, you're basically giving birth to a watermelon. Like you have like this little like you know soon like like human thing, and then you like taking your nutrients and then you push it out and boom, there's a new human. That's just already, like, boggles my mind to begin with. And then you add in the fact that that just happened. That made everything hurt. Like, the, like, the, in, like, the, the, like, everything about my body just felt physically not well at that. That was, yeah, no, I, I could have done, so here's the thing. I could have done without it. Do I want to do without it? No, because it's Terrifier too. and why should I do without it? However, I could have done without it. 
<laughs> and the fact that it's just a head. It's not like just a head. It's not like 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 baby Freddy Krueger in Elm Street Five. Um, it's just the head, and it's smiling and looking at you. And there's all kinds of goo goo muck all over the place, uh, with a heart with Vicky and Art in the center of it, surrounded by words like cunt and whore. And I'm like, I don't know what the fuck you're trying to say here, but okay. that's why I think it's a curse. Like, I think that's like our like a demon of something because like now Vicky's involved because Vicky was, you know, Vicky didn't have any like real issues that we were aware of before getting mutilated by Art the Clown. And then next thing you know, out of seemingly nowhere, someone who was a, you know, model patient goes nuts and rips off that reporter's face. Although, to be fair, the reporter was very obnoxious. Not yeah. to the point of ripping her face off, but was obnoxious. Um, so... so here we are at the real end this time. So what do you want to see for part three? I, I, okay, the, as much as I hated it, I want to know more about Vicky giving birth to Art's severed head. Like, I don't know if I want to or if I just, at that point, that's the one area of this franchise that I sit down and it's like, all right, I need answers for that. I'm willing to let everything else go. I just need answers for that one thing. Um, I'm also interested to see the connection between Sienna, Jonathan, their father, and Art the Clown. Um, little Pale Girl, just want to see more Little Pale Girl because she's horrifying. What a phenomenal little actress. Like, she is does great things um and then for the fourth one we just got to send art to space i think you wait until about the eighth one to get to space no but, no. but you can have so much space fun now why wait well here's what i want to say in part three i don't want it to take place on halloween because we've already done that twice but i know about david's uh political opinions and that is to say they mirror mine significantly. So much to the point that uh, he got the boot from uh, Twitter uh, back before Elon came. Because he, he spoke truth to power. And I appreciate that of him. So for the third installment of the Terrifier, I want Earth the Clown to attend the Republican National Convention. Or CPAC. One of those type events. And uh, have a little bit of social commentary in with my movie and because by the third installment of uh, a slasher franchise you have that thing that happens and i'm going to use wrestling vernacular here where, where the villain or heel suddenly turns baby face and now the audience just wants them to go buck wild and i think what better way to do that than to have art the clown um, unleashes particular brand of uh, merriment and folly on conservative politicians. And then if you think about it, there'd be nothing for, for people to get upset about because then there would be no loss of innocent life. And, uh, <laughs> and, and you could put Terrifier 3 on Disney+. Plus. <laughs> what? <laughs> I don't know. I ain't slept tonight. <laughs> I'm just, I'm just improvising because I miss it and I am groggy. But you're laughing, so I'm taking that as a success. Because it's just like there's no innocent loss of life. Therefore, Disney is going to stream this. <laughs> like what? Disney has a very long history of streaming things with innocent loss of life. May I remind you about Bambi? His mother didn't do nothing. All she did was be born a deer. And then humans came in and decided, you know what? I'm going to kill you because you're a deer. And then boom, we have dead Bambi mom. I'm just talking shit, counsel. <laughs> Lord. But thank you, darling, for being on the show. We're going to have you on again anytime you want. you got an open invitation. Where can the people find you if they want to find you? They want to find me on the Instagrams. I'm there as legally underscore punk. And I'm on the book of faces as Ari Spence. Cool. 
You can check out Spooky Doings Improv on Facebook, Spooky Doings on Instagram. I'm at Rick Guzman 718 on the Tweety. Um, I don't cuss at conservative politicians on the Tweety uh, anymore, but, you know, I used to do that. Uh, but, yeah, so it's a wonderful time. It's a wonderful day. Thank you for being on the show. Thank for you everybody for listening, please stay good, stay healthy, stay spooky. Bye-bye.